0: that's joinmidi.com
1: hey good morning and welcome to breakthrough walls i'm ken walls and i'm your host and today ladies and gentlemen i have an amazing guest on her name <clears throat> excuse me if i can get it out her name is patricia m watson And you're going to be blown away by this lady's story. So make sure you stay with us and share this out. Please share it out. And we are back. Let me bring Patricia on. Patricia, welcome to the show. Good morning.
2: Good Happy morning. Birthday. How you
1: doing? I'm good. It's a good day. I know you're good. I know you're <laughs> good. So, so, you know, I started this show a few years ago. I have interviewed 370 some odd celebrities and entrepreneurs and um, I love to give people the opportunity to share their story and help other people along the way. And so, Patricia, we're gonna we're gonna talk about your life story today. And we're gonna start with you telling everybody in a full screen layout <laughs> where were you born and raised.
2: Yeah, I was born and raised in a small town in Lincoln County. Um, called Iolia Missouri
1: Ms. Missouri I thought no I thought that if you were from there you called it Missouri <laughs> Missouri Missouri
2: Missouri. misery misery <laughs> yeah. we've had several different uh, uh, dialogues with that that has been sometimes a, a, a big uh,
1: um,
2: not a good thing right yeah. so, yeah in good old Eolia, missouri very small town agricultural farm a lot of agr- you know agricultural farmers um uh very very small i mean literally a couple hundred three hundred people my graduating class i think i was thirty we had thirty six people wow, in the class that's tiny yeah and with my last name being w obviously i was you had to ugh, sit through the whole thing of everything right yeah. but at least it was thirty six it was only thirty six versus
1: yeah <laughs> i can relate to that. Totally. So, so what was it like for you? I mean, so you grew up in a really, I mean, that's a small, let me guess. There were, was there a traffic light in your town?
2: Oh, you're real funny. Oh, I (laughs) forgot. You have
1: jokes. (laughs) I'm serious. I grew up in a town. There were 82 people, I think, in my graduating class and my town had one traffic light. One. No
2: traffic lights, gravel roads, county roads. Whoa! Blacktop going through town, the main, the main drag. So when you got off the highway, good old Highway sixty one. Uh, when you go into town, um, it's just yeah, just one blacktop goes through what D double F or forget the exact, but go that that's that's the link through town, wow. and that was it. Wow. Yeah.
1: No kidding. Yeah. So it was. Amish,
2: you know, if we go north, there was a, there's an Amish community there. So it, it was not uncommon when you're on the highway or whatever to see a horse and buggy carriage, you know, yep. as well. Um, yep. True yep. story in uh, one of the small towns that was north of uh, Eolia. They literally had the Amish got pulled over for, a traffic ticket
1: for some buggy. Really? <laughs> it made national news. <laughs> wow, that's unbelievable. So, so what? So now were was your was your family in agriculture farming? It was a farm community,
2: and uh, my dad um, wasn't on the farm, but farmed. You know, so did a lot of you know with the uh combines you know with the milo and uh um what do they call it i can't even think now wheat uh, corn that type of thing and taking it to the silos and so it was always a really um um growing up especially like it's hot outside now you know and dad was out in the fields you know because Farmers, I have such an appreciation for agricultural, you know, like when you eat things and you know where it's come has come from. If you really think about the work that has went into getting that to market, it's a lot, a lot, a lot of um, uh, labor intensive, you know, and time, long hours, early morning. And depending on, you know, where your farm or what type of farm you have, whether it's a dairy farm or an all encompass where you, you did crops and then you did hay and you had animals, that's a lot of work. So I can remember times where, you know, we would have to get dinner ready and we would literally go to the field out in the backwoods someplace and have to wait 45 minutes to an hour plus for them to come around to serve lunch, you know? Wow. But I can remember as a little girl, you know, running through the fields, like, oh, we see the combine, right? You know, coming and hopping in. And sometimes, you know, we got to get a, a ride back as a kid so it's a lot of good memories too wow
1: now did you have brothers and sisters i have
2: two sisters and i am the oldest
1: wow yes. imagine that
2: imagine that
1: i i could have actually i know you pretty well <laughs> i think i could have guessed that that you're the oldest yeah yeah i'm the oldest so <laughs> so growing up as a kid i mean what what did you do for fun? Did you get in trouble? Did you? Did you? Well, you were the oldest, you probably didn't get in any trouble. <laughs>
2: I'm <gonna> keep it. <laughs> I, 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 you know, well, let's define trouble. Because there's different <laughs> variations of trouble.
1: Yes, there one. are.
2: So um, trouble. Let's just say I, I had a few switches switchings in my day where yeah. really you'd have to go it wasn't like i'm going to get a switch you had to go pick your own switch and you yeah. better hope you came back with the right size the right because <laughs> yeah. that it wasn't going to be good yeah. you know so yes i I had i was um, um I, I had a couple of challenges where i would hmm. push the limit and yes i hmm was rewarded with the discipline of uh you won't do that again or if you do, well here you go. If you like yeah. that, keep coming back. So
1: so what so I mean what was it what was it like? I mean that's a tiny, tiny community. What was that like? What was the closest city?
2: Well define city. Are you talking town Kansas City? <laughs> okay, St. so St. Louis would be would be the closest. So that would be a, probably around uh, and depending on what part of St. Louis you were going to minimally an hour drive to okay. go anywhere. So um, to go, and this was before Ken they had grown and expanded. So even to go get groceries, it was a minimum of 13 to 15 to 20 miles to go get groceries because the one store that we had in town, you could get small items and everything, but if you're looking to go and um, you know, provide everything for the household, that wasn't going to happen because I mean, it was it was limited. But as far as, you know, fresh sandwiches that was made and that type of thing, um, it was always good to go there because everybody knew everybody, everybody gathered in the morning time for coffee, and just you know, just to chit chat and have conversations. So growing up knowing and you could almost depending on what time of day you knew who was going to be in the store, how long they were going to be in the store, what they were holding in their hand, you know, the whole gamut. So um, just having those memories, uh, as a kid, you know, of what it meant to be in that, uh, small town community. Now I have a a new appreciation for it when you think of those things, because it was a lot of good, wholesome, just, um, people just enjoying being with each other, no agendas, no, no anything, just, Hey, you're here. And what are you doing? I'll see you this afternoon at two or whatever, you know, kind of cool.
1: So so when you when you so you graduated high school in this little town?
2: Yes, I did. I got my diploma and everything. Okay.
1: And and then did you end up going to college?
2: Yes, I did. Well, I started working first because at that time I did not I really did not want to um I just wanted to start working right away. I had I had a, scho- a full scholarship for track and a full scholarship for Wow. Um, uh, music. And um, I did not take advantage of those. I instead chose to go to work. Um, I was, you know, at the time, you really don't know what you want to do. So looking back now, I wish I would have taken advantage of both of those opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. But I started working and then through working, I started them going back to school and finished my degree.
1: Now, when you say, where did you start work and did you stay in, in this small town?
2: I stayed. So when I graduated from high school,
1: so here's the other interesting thing because of my
2: age, cause I was the youngest person in the class. Right. So I was the last person to get their permit, the last person to get their license. Yeah. The advantage of it though, was when I graduated, I was still 17. You know? Yeah, so uh-huh. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but I, um, um, what was the question again? I just I just literally did, lost my train of thought.
1: Did you did you stay in the small town when you started working? You said you started working right out of high school. Yeah. Yeah. Did so, you stay stay there or did you move to a bigger city?
2: No, I stayed there. And then I my first job was now I've I had always done a lot of Things because I've always had multiple things in my under my belt. So I taught piano lessons. I had seventeen students at one point. Wow! I babysat. I mean, you. I, I saw a direct sales um, back then. House of Lloyd. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but it was a direct sales company. It's just heard. a catalog full of, of basically uh, Christmas toys. So I would go door to door. And I was really good at it, at you know, selling that kind of stuff. So I always had something going on. But and that was
1: as a as a teenager.
2: Oh yeah! Mm-hmm. Wow,
1: good for you. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So I always was able to, I, and I just have always, I liked that. So um, my first job was at uh, a bank. So I started there. I started out as a um, a drive up teller, and in Troy, Missouri. And wow. Troy, Missouri is bigger than Eolia. Obviously, it was 18 miles uh, southwest. However, it was—I uh, think they had several thousands at, at that time. I don't know the exact number. However, when I started there, you know, and uh, the <laughs> the drive up, it got to the point where I was a, a pretty much a one one woman show because um, it could it would. So there was four lanes and where the bank was, it was If all the lanes were full, it literally would be backed up all the way through down that that street, main street there. And I got so good with counting cash and, uh, and knowing the people, you know, they literally people wouldn't go inside because they liked coming through drive up because it was quicker, even though when you looked at it, it's like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be a long wait. I could literally have a dialogue, talk to them, know exactly, you know, the change that people wanted, the bills that they wanted. So it was kind of cool. That, that taught me a lot about efficiency, how to manage and maximize what you're doing in a very short period of time, too. And it was it was it was very um, it was very rewarding for me. Um, I remember specifically this lady came. It was it was really busy. And this lady came through, she was an artist uh, and did very, very well. And we always had to, if it was over a certain dollar amount, we had to check the signatures, right? Well, she was being a little cantankerous and she didn't want to give her ID or check the signature. And so I had to check her account, which she was not happy about. And so you know she and she she really wasn't happy. So she basically said, just give me her check back, give her give her the check back and and yeah. she took it inside. Well, guess what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't know who the lady was. It was right. the president of the banks. It was his wife. Oh <laughs> no. Yeah, so, and he had just had surgery, so he kind of was limping. I was busy, you know, and here he came in. I was like, I said, yeah, I I know what you, I I said, Daryl, said, I know, I know, I know. But she, I said, she didn't want to give me ID, and I told her, you know, I have to follow the rules. I mean, this is what, the the procedure, and it was no exception, even though she's a regular. But I didn't connect the dots. I don't, I just didn't. I don't know why, but I didn't. And he's like, you know, that's my wife. Whoops. I said, well, at least you know that I follow procedure. Right. I said, that's a plus, right? Right. (laughs) And, but but that, that one experience, it was really funny because um, the respect that he had for me, and then they he kind of just took me under his wing after that. And I learned so much in the, in the financial world. I mean, he was just an amazing, amazing man, generous, generous to the employees and really good to me. And then his wife. Uh, she came back through, and she was like, "You know, I, I wasn't trying to pull rank on you or anything, but I thought you knew who I was." I'm like, "Well, I didn't."
0: Yeah, <laughs> so we wow. got through
2: that. So, yeah, it was it was a great experience, though. So, so
1: how long did you work there?
2: Nine and a half years.
1: Wow. And that were you going to college at the same time, or you went back to college after that?
2: So I was going at night. And I didn't stay there. So I had, I also, you know, I got promoted and, but because I was so good back there too, when it got backed up, it's like, I mean, I'm like, I'm a one man show. You guys have two people back there and they can't keep up. I don't know what to tell you, but yeah. so, um, but I had, you know, some really good mentors there as well. And uh, the VP at the time, um, she taught me how to do other things. And uh, she was the director of operations there. So um, there's um Uh, a whole opportunity there that I was able to work with her. So, and then I got into um, personal banking and all of that. So I started going to night school um, during that time. And then one day I was just literally just sitting there and I remember the American flag was, and I was outside, you know, was looking out the window and I remember just kind of scanning and I was like, you know what, unless somebody dies here, there's no room for advancement. You know, I'm capped out, literally capped out. And I started thinking like, well, what am I going to do now? Mm. Um, And so that's when I just decided that, you know what, enough's enough. I don't know what the future holds, but I know if I want any type of freedom, it's not sitting here, and this experience is has been great, but it, I I don't have a timeline of when somebody is going to you know move on, whether that's voluntary or involuntary, right? And yeah, uh, right. I remember looking at that flag, and I just turned around in my chair, typed up a resignation letter, and went and talked to my supervisor, and she was like, "What happened? What did, did we do something?" I'm like, nope, I said, "I just." I just know what I know. I don't, I I can't explain it. I just know that if I'm going to go and explore the world, I need it. it,
1: It's not going to happen here. It's not
2: going to happen here. And I never will forget. The sun was shining and good old glory was just waving just as high. And so even though I didn't know (laughs) what the heck I was going to do, um, that's how it happened. So I just made
1: it. So that was nine and a half years working at that bank. So you're now what, 27, 28, somewhere in there. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, and you, did you have a plan? Did you have another job lined up? Did you?
2: I had a plan of, not specifically. I knew that I had to work, obviously. Right. So my plan was, is that I was just going to start, um, uh, temporary doing temporary jobs, find a temporary yeah. service yeah. and, uh, go that route because I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know what industry that I wanted to be in. I didn't know what I was going to like. Right. So I figured, um, I'll start there because a, you'll ne- you're never out of work first of all. If you don't like it, you don't have to take that assignment. But I was very specific. I wasn't just going just to do anything just to say that you had it. And then I met this uh, wonderful couple who um, they they specialized in engineering with Monsanto. And uh, that's all they did placements for. And so I remember she told me, she's like, I have... Places that I could send you, but you're not qualified. You know, a you don't have a degree, and you know, at there at that particular time, uh, Purdue University was really really big. So if you didn't have a degree from Purdue, you were like, you know, yeah, not looked at well. And yeah. um, I hadn't even finished my bachelor's at that point, you know. So I told her, I said, Marty, you Mar-, said just if you just give me a shot, I won't let you down." And she's like, Trish, I'm, this is, she's like, this is a big account of ours. You know, it's not something that we can just send anybody in. I'm like, I know. I said, but I've never done you wrong. And um, right. I just need a shot. <laughs> and so, you know, so she did. She sent me on the interview. It was a marketing position there. And um,
0: brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinMIDI.com. It was
2: intense because it was, I think, what did I interview with? Six or seven people back to back. And the wow. one guy did not like me. Like he did not like me. And he he just flat out said, I don't know how you got here, but you will not get to John. That was like the, his boss, right? Yeah, You're not getting to John. And um, he's like, so this is just pure entertainment. And I'm sitting there thinking, and I was real cocky back then. So I mean, I had a lot more juice, and, <laughs> and, you know, then. Yeah. And um, but I was nervous. I was really yeah, nervous sure. too because I was like, I did not realize it was going to be that intense. But I'm like, I'm here. I can't let her down because she took a, you know, took a big chance on me. Yeah. And, which I was totally grateful for. And it started out. The first one went okay, you know, and then, and it was the can typical, you know, blah, blah. Then the net got to the next one. But when I got to that, that, that guy that didn't like me, I I did kind of have a little bit of a, a, a chip. Cause I was like, if the buck is going to stop here, he's going to know what the buck, how the buck spent, <laughs> you know you what feel I
1: mean? The buck. <laughs> yeah. So,
2: um, he, uh, It was really tough. I mean, some of the questions that he asked were, I I had no clue because I didn't even know really what they did. Marty had given me a kind of a guideline of what they did, but he was way out there talking about engineering and then uh, um, talking about how you didn't have your master's degree and how you didn't go to Purdue University, just really condescending and blah, blah, blah. And so he literally, he, he says, you know, just for kicks and grins, I'm gonna go ahead and let you talk to my boss because he's just gonna eat you for lunch. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm like, I have nothing to lose anyway wow. at this point. So we got to the, um, uh, the la- you know, when I was talking to him and super nice, it was like, he just had a conversation with me, Ken. He wasn't even like, where did you go, blah, blah, blah. You know, that whole just rigid yeah. impersonal conversation. And he was looking at my resume and he's like, well, you know, you have a lot of sales experience. Do you know what we do here? And so I told him, you know, gave him a general idea, but you yeah. want to know the thing that, that uh, impressed him the most Sure. was the fact that I was at the time I had, uh, I had been on a couple of committees, but because I was a member of the veteran of foreign wars for the, for women and he was a vet. So I got the job. It wasn't for any thing, but he said that anybody that it was that young, that had a heart for the military and had a heart for, um, the love of our country, yeah. that that was enough for him. So he came wow. out celebrating like, Hey guys, uh, <laughs> along. and the look on the other guy's face was just like, what? just happened? happened?" And so <laughs> yeah. it gave me a lot of, you know, um, uh, confidence because I was like, you know, who would have thought something as simple as just being, yeah, a member of
1: the, the VFW, VFW,
2: yeah, would have that kind of impact? So, you just so it taught me that you just never know. And then at that time, I was like, I don't even need a mask because this dude, this particular job. Um and I'm a proponent of education don't get me wrong I really I am 100% yeah, but right. at that time I was like this I, I got this job and you're supposed to have a master's degree so that, right. that that my ego was real big at that point because I was I was feeling real cocky but it was a good experience for me too you know and um and was were-
1: it was it was you were working for Monsanto is that right Uh
2: it was a division of Monsanto yeah
1: so how, how long did you work there
2: Um probably about four years, the project that we were working on, they sold that technology to the manufacturer. Okay. So um, that, that kind of fizzled out. So- uh,
1: So we, where, where did you go from there? Where did, cause I know you're in sales now mm-hmm. and you do incredibly well. Um, ha, at what point did you, so you left Monsanto, where'd you go? Where did you, did you get into the industry you're in now? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So talk about that. Talk about how you ended up in the, cause you're in the insurance business. Yeah. And how did you end up in, in insurance? Well, before, before
2: I went into insurance, I was start, I went to get my license and everything because I wanted to have that as a backup, you know, just in case right? In, if you got a layoff or, you know, you, it's always nice a, to have multiple streams of income. But um, before that, I went full time into insurance. I, transition from Monsanto into to a microbiology company and we basically sold uh, refurbished um, uh, like MRI equipment high high-end equipment for like say like a Mayo Clinic they were upgrading then maybe yeah. a, a, a smaller community would then we would they would lease that equipment and it was a major upgrade for like a rural community so um, I did that for a little bit um, a couple years. And then I went full-time into, um, the insurance
1: business. And what, what made you decide, like, I want to be in insurance. Um,
2: I was looking at if any, if I was ever to get laid off again, or if any industry, what industry is going to be stable over time? So I looked into real estate. I looked into um, a couple other things and I talked to uh, several people that were in the business mm-hmm. and they said that, you know, you, there's different avenues that you can go into within this, this, um, this arena and this uh, sector. So I chose that because a you could help people Uh B, I was really passionate because you know, most people don't have life insurance. So right. that simple policy, you know, and so I, at the time, I was like, I can help so many people that don't even know that a lot of these really affordable products even exist. So I just was drawn to that because I knew that I could help make a difference with people and then they wouldn't have to worry about dealing with, you know, selling stuff or burdening the family with trying to come up with money. So right. it really became a passion. And I, I, um, The group business was was really something that I love working with the employers and helping their employees and educate. I really focused on education, though. I I really built the whole business on education and through because they don't know what they don't know. But through that process, um, they began to trust. And then they were like, oh, I became the person if, if she doesn't know, she knows somebody. So I was able to help and facilitate that. So I, I really, insurance kind of chose me after I got into it.
1: Wow. But you, now, did you say that you, you took, that you went through the licensing process while you were still at the other job? I had started it. Yes. Wow. Good for you. Mm -hmm. So, so you had some, some, some foresight, I guess, into into that, so so you got into the insurance business now. Is that commission only from the beginning? Did they pay you a huge salary to be there?
2: <laughs> <You're> <laughs> that was a
1: rhetorical question. I know,
2: I know, that's why I'm laughing. Yeah. No, so within the insurance sector, um, that you can be independent, they have captive agencies, and then they yep. have organizations where you know you're an employee, you know, and you can go and, and uh, and work there and you get a salary. Uh, when I started and, uh, it's hundred percent commission, uh, great yeah. commission. You, you build your bone book of business, you get your own clients. Now, depending on which IMO that you're with, um, they can provide you with certain tools, but if you're 1099, you're pretty much on your own. And I, I'm, you know, I've always been a hunter. So I've, I've been known, that's what they used to call me, was the hunter, because I just would find things and um, look for my, my business. And the key to being a hunter is building relationships, you know, so anybody can do it. Um, but my key was I would do what most people wouldn't do, right? Driving mm. 20 minutes out of the way, um, right. seems like an eternity to some, was how I built the bulk of my business starting in my career and I didn't do anything different. Everybody, you know, they're like, Oh, well, what did you do? And everybody wants to be like you when they see the, the, the fruit of your labor, but yeah. during, but they don't see the whole process of the months that it took of establishing those relationships and doing the work, you know, and yeah. then everybody wants a piece of the pie. And uh, so it was, that was kind of an interesting experience too.
1: Well, and and you know, you told me that. In, I mean, in in other conversations, you and I've had, because um, you're a client of mine. You're. A, it started as a friend. You. We've been friends for quite a yeah. while, but. Yeah. Um, you know, the you know, you told me that that you've been in some you went into areas that nobody else would go to. Like you went to some really, really rough areas. <laughs>
2: I got some stories for your brother. I <laughs> <laughs> no. well, know. I'm telling you, like is it's really so it's very interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. So I'll tell you the going across the river. All right. So I don't know how many people are familiar with St. Louis, but if anybody knows where the stadium or the arch is and you're on 64, well, 20 minutes South, I guess, is you're into Illinois, but there are certain parts that are questionable. Right. And, you know, I just, I got a client over there and I just would go and they, it got to the point where they, the insurance ladies here. So it wasn't a big deal, Um, but there, there were, there were several instances where it wasn't the, I'm like, what am I doing here? What am I literally, what am I doing? But I, uh, I, it was, a I guess, I don't know. I don't know if I was chasing the high, I don't know what it was, but I I really honestly, now that I think about it though, I, I don't know that I even thought about it. I was just like these people need help and I'm going to help them and it is what it is. so here we are
1: but you were you were willing to do I, I guess my point is is you were willing to do um or go places where other people wouldn't yeah and then you know you've experienced tremendous success as a as a result of your your hard work and your willingness to just go wherever people need yeah. help. And I think that a lot of people miss that about, about life. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, you've got to be willing to do what other people won't do. And if you are, then you can separate yourself from the rest of the pack.
2: Yeah. Can I tell you a quick story really quick? Yeah, please. So there was a, uh, uh, I had a, uh, I got my lead sheet and everything, you know, and I, I saw the area and I'm like, oh, that's, you know, not too bad of an area, but I get there and First of all, there's like 50 plus cats running around, you know, everywhere. But they had this, it was, they were hoarders and, um, they had this big TV and, uh, in the corner there and on the TV was, um, it was, uh, what was it? The, it was national geographic and it was all about the KKK. So, so when I knocked on the door, he was like i said i told him i said hey i'm uh, you know i'm here for your appointment and he was like well hey they didn't tell me they were sending a blank and i'm like oh you you have a problem with that i mean tell me now you know and then but i was i when i looked at up above his uh his couch he had a um uh army memorabilia up there and i said oh i said were you in the service i said thank you for your service i said my my dad was 82nd airborne as well and he's like, what? And I said, yeah. I said, thank you for, our, for your service. And uh, he's like, well, I guess you're okay. <laughs> oh, jeez, What the heck? But here's the deal. Do you know he's been one of my, over the years, he's one of my best referring clients. And when I get a call, I'll say, did Fred tell you that I'm, yeah, I know you're black. I said, okay, I you know, just want to put it out there to make sure so we wouldn't have any issues. Like, but it's just, it's just the mind shift in people, you know right. what I mean? And so I don't know if he still feels that way, but he still sends me referrals.
1: Wow.
2: It's kind of crazy.
1: Wow. That's <laughs> unbelievable. But see, that's what I love about you is you are, um, you're, you're just willing to, to confront your, are you know, you just stand in courage and say, look, somebody, I I don't know who this is because it says Facebook user, but, um, says, I love your courage. And, and Hey, look, my wife's on here. (laughs) She said, what? (laughs) Like that's, that is crazy. But you, you stand in courage and face it. Uh-oh, we have an internet hiccup. She's look at that, she's frozen. Can you guys still hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, it's Troy again. <laughs> um, Patricia, are you, can you guys hear me? Drop drop a uh, you can hear me. Okay, so it's her internet. Patricia, your internet has gone out. Oh, she's gone. Um, wow, that's happened twice this week. That's that's not good. Um, let's see if she comes back on. Hopefully she comes back on. Um, hmm. I don't know don't know what happened there yeah it was it was just it was just starting to get really good so let's give Patricia a moment to see if um, <clears throat> if her internet comes back um, let's see ah oh, dad gone it we may have to reschedule this if it doesn't come back soon she is an amazing amazing woman my wife says such great energy and so open to what god has for her she is gonna take the world by storm okay hold on she's she just popped back in hang on let's see there she is there she is hey (laughs) What happened? I don't know. <clears throat> that was, Google
2: Chrome, it just says it's it just started spinning, so I'm sure
1: your internet something happened with the internet. I don't know. Well, hey, look what my wife just said about you.
2: Ah, uh, I love Jill. Thank you.
1: Oh, uh, we <laughs> love you, and you sent sent two bouquets of flowers to us <laughs> yesterday. I didn't want you to
2: feel left out. You
1: know, I didn't want you. you You're amazing. Thank (laughs) you. So, so where, where were we? We were talking about, oh, the guy, the, the racist. (laughs) I can't, but like, you know, you confronted that. A lot of people would have just said, well, you know, blank you and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and you didn't, you, you, you stayed in the in the conversation you found common ground and 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 you made a sale
2: i got locked in a house once guy pretended to be an amputee and and it was back in the boot hills i mean boot hills to the point where like you lose service and i grew up you know i know gravel roads county roads so i'm not fearful of going back in the woods but i pulled up to this trailer and I was like, Oh, okay. You know, so I'm like, no, they, no, they live down there and I'm sitting there thinking all I see is trees. I don't, I don't even see a, an opening. Right. And, uh, so I was like, okay, well I got in there and the dude, uh, his wife, you know, she looked like she was scared and it was a small trailer. It was a fire pit is what it was. And I realized, I realized as soon as I saw that he really wasn't an amputee and, uh, he did not like African-Americans at all. Um, he, <laughs> he locked the door, had deadbolts, And she was sitting over there on the couch. And I was like, man, what?" I was like, Oh, my God, please don't let me survive cancer to end up going out like this. And so especially I mean, seriously, I don't know what was going on with him. And so um, it went on and on. He's like, you're not scared. I'm like, well, sir, why would I be scared? I'm here to help you. I wow. I was scared. Are you kidding me? I was scared to death. Like I was hoping he couldn't see my heart beating out of my chest.
1: Oh my god.
2: I'm not kidding. I didn't wow. get scared very often, but that was one of the times. And so I was like, okay, God, please help me. How do I? How do I get out of here? Because I mean, he it's dead bolted in, and then he went and got this box out and had this knife thing in there and these little pistols and stuff what and,
1: in the world.
2: And she, I'm looking at her and she's just sitting over there like, you know, I was like, okay, so this is obviously an abusive thing. And he was obviously trying to scam for this program that, you know, he was uh, qualified for because he was supposedly an amputee, which he was not. So I said, sir, I said, you know what? I said, I don't, I don't know what your agenda is and i said i'm sorry that you know you're you don't don't really like african americans i said i i I," but i said i really do want to help you um and i said and i um have another thing in the car that i need you to sign and that i can get that for you if you like and he, he, he was a little hesitant i said well your wife i said if you're you're not comfortable with that i said your wife can go with me
0: brain fog insomnia moodiness Mm.
2: And he hesitated for a little bit and then he was like, okay, but you're coming right back. And I said, yes, wow. sir. You know, and wow. so I got in the trunk. I had my keys, you know, I got in the trunk and she's, you know, she's looking at me and I'm sitting there thinking, I said, okay, now I've, I've, I've backed up on rural roads many a time and hit ditches and everything else. Yeah. This is going to be my defining moment to get the heck out of Dodge here, you yeah. know, <laughs> And right. uh, but she was looking, I was like, how am I going to do this? And so I popped over the trunk and I said, I'm, I'm looking for my, and I did have, I, I did have the pamphlet, but I wasn't going back in. Right. And so I, um I turned, I, I got in the driver's side. I turned the key and um when I saw that she kind of wasn't looking, I cranked it and I literally hopped in, put the, put little red riding hood in reverse spun out and the door wasn't even shut. And I was like, just on adrenaline. I don't even know how I got out of there. I know at the end of that drive was a a church and I pulled over and I started crying because like, I was like, oh my God, wow. (laughs) And I called my, the IMO I was with at the time. I'm like, dude, I'm done no more do not give me, I was done. And so, um, wow. that was a crazy, crazy experience, but it, but he was trying to fraud the system too. And then it didn't help that because of my skin tone, you know, that that was a problem. Um, I just have never, I don't see color when it comes to clients, you know, um, it's really been kind of interesting because I've had more racism from my own race than I have from any other culture. And I know, you know, that sounds crazy, but, um, Wow. Insurance has really taught me a lot and how to deal with people, how to love people and how to um, just, you learn not to take a whole lot of things personal, whether you're, you know, African-American, Caucasian, Asian, it doesn't really matter. You know, we're all people and we have to help each other. So um, it's, it's, it's been interesting.
1: You know, one of the things though about you that again, that I love is, um, you could be really resentful. You could be really, um, I mean, you could be really resentful because of people like that. And, and, and you chose to, to take the high road and, and, and not living in resentment and, um, which just is mind blowing to me. I think it's incredible. It's one of the the things I love about you the most. And, 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 you know, I, you know, you, you mentioned something. um, Yeah. Jill, Jill just put, we're all people and we have to help each other words to live by for sure. Um, So you mentioned, you know, don't let me survive cancer and go out like this. Like what, Talk about the cancer thing. I, I, you you'd kind of brushed right by that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Talk about that.
2: I really, you know, I use that story more as a...
1: Get back like, on, get back in the center of the screen. Okay. <laughs> no, the other um, way. Yeah, there you go. There, okay. you go. there you go. There you
2: go. You made me change my, my camera, so I'm having to do... I'm not used to this <laughs> view, so I'm a little over. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know during this whole time, you know, sometimes you're, you're just on adrenaline yeah, and you just go, go, go. And you don't recognize signs that your body is saying, Hey, slow down. Yeah. And I've always had migraines and just different things. So my body had been telling me for a while that there were some issues and I just pressed through it. And, um, the trajectory of I remember i was driving down 270 and i just kind of black i don't even know how i got to the hospital wasn't for sure and um uh, i had had at at that um the doctor told me that it was a um a tia and i'm like that's like a mini stroke What, what what is that you know what how did i have that you know and so uh there was i had some other issues that was going on after they did the blood work and stuff and so after um being misdiagnosed and um basically a guinea pig. So I always tell people and an advocate for people, be your own advocate. If something doesn't feel right, especially if you know your body, you know how you normally operate, don't be afraid just because you feel that they're in a position of power and power meaning that, you know, doctors, you know, know every, some have the belief that doctors know everything and they don't, they're people too, you know, and there's some very good doctors out there that know exactly You know, how to pinpoint things. And I'm not saying that all doctors are bad. I don't mean that. I'm just saying that if something is not right, and then in that pursuit of um, trying to figure it out, you're getting worse instead of better, um, it's time to make a change and just say, hey, thank you for um, helping me up to this point, but I'm going to have to, I love my life and I want to continue to live. So I'm going to have to pursue other things. So um, that happened a couple of times where they would give me a um uh, more medication so basically a combination of wrong medications and uh being mis- misdiagnosed the whole gamut uh turned into my me just being a, a train wreck from a health perspective right mm-hmm. i ended up having a couple more and then i finally just was like this is i mean i was literally deteriorating to the point where i couldn't even walk um, just no, no, like literally, and my friend, I, um, I, I, she will forever have a place in my heart. Um, I told her, I said, you know, if they don't do something, I'm going to be dead by December. You know, I just, I just knew it. And, hmm. um, cause they couldn't figure out what was wrong. Right. And right. so I asked the doctor, and, and he, the, 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 the. The sad part, looking back now, is the people he re- he at the time was referring me to was his own network that was going to give him and support yeah. his what he was saying, right? So I remember I went to the rheumatologist and he came up with this thing. He's like, "Well, most African American." I'm like, "Okay, so we're on the bandwagon now that you've mm. read something that most African Americans have." I'm like, "Dude," I said, "I have a two year old. I not a, literally a two year old, but a two year old could tell me something like that." Right. you just you know shooting craps at this point. And so and, I, and I, when, I, when was, when did all this happen? Uh, it will be, is it going to be 11 years this September?
1: Wow. Wow. It'll wow. Be
2: 11 years. Um, so yeah. Wow. So that, that all happened. And I asked them, I said, you know, can you just refer me to Mayo Clinic or just any, even if somebody here in St. Louis, I, I didn't have to go there, but do something because I'm not getting any better. Right. And he wouldn't do it. He wasn't open to that. So finally I had another one of those TIAs again and, and you know, it was getting worse. And I, I told Janice and I went home that night and I, you know, I was just, I was devastated. And I'm like, I, if I'm going out, I'm going out knowing I've done everything in my power yeah. to stay here. Right. And um, I went online cause I had been collecting all my medical records and stuff too. So um, I highly recommend you do that um, just so that you have it, because I did not want them to think I was a hypochondriac either. So I went on John Hopkins website and I went on Mayo Clinic's website and I'm like, look, I'm out of options. I don't know if you can get me in. I got a lot going on. Um, They've basically given up on me. I've had all of these things and I put my actual data in there so that they knew what they were dealing with. And I'm like, I don't know if you can help me, um, but if you can with today's technology, um, I need help. And so, uh, two days later, um, a lady from Mayo Clinic called and said that you got a lot going on. We don't know if we can help you, but if you can get here by Monday, um, I said, my doctor won't refer me. She's like, you don't have to have a referral. Oh, doctor
1: wow. Didn't tell
2: me that. Um, it will be out of network. And so, um, I called Jan and she drove me up there, carried me to the car, her and her husband, and drove me up there. And I told her, I said, we're not going to say goodbye, um, but I may not see you again. She was my best friend, you know. And, um, wow. and it was very hard for her. And I said, I have to take this journey by myself. And so that started it. And then, you know, um, they were very nice, um, amazing. Dr. Fleming, you know, he, he's a philosopher. So, I mean, he's a good, a good friend of mine. He and his wife they're just amazing people and um so he, he you know and he he gave me he said miss watson you have a lot going on i don't know if we can help you but what i do know is you have a long journey ahead and this is what i recommend so he told me i'm going to get you two books one was you can heal your life by louise hay and the oh, other I
1: love i love yeah, her
2: and um i have the i have this one and then uh he gave me a desktop edition as well, yeah. yeah, and the other book, which is one of my, if that really puts it, is is um, um,
0: brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over forty, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Man, Search
2: for Meaning by Viktor Frankl.
1: Amazing. One of my favorite books.
2: So that book is always right there as a reminder because if that doesn't put things in, in perspective, nothing will. So nothing. those were the two things that um, that uh, I was blessed with, and because he had, been, and this was
1: uh, a, this was a, your doctor.
2: He would so when you go to Mayo Clinic, they assign a basically a primary care, but then like so he's your point of contact for everything. It's like, it's ran like a fine tuned machine. You yeah. Know? So you yeah. get an itinerary. So he's your point of contact for everything that you need, and right. nothing can be done unless everybody agrees on it as well, which is what I like. And um, so because uh, it was, it was such a blessing because even with um, um, Dr. Fleming, he was so respected there and he had been so like during, during some of the procedures that I need, I had to have rehab. And so it was like a, gosh, how many months I forgot a long waiting list. He wasn't getting in there anytime soon. And I'm like, so what am I supposed to do? And he's like, you're going tomorrow. And I'm just like, what? So the nurse comes in. She's like, oh, you don't know. She's like, do you know who Dr. Fleming is? I'm like, <laughs> obviously no, <maybe> not. <laughs> she's like, wow. no, he used to be the director over all of that. And wow. so um, I was able to get in, met some incredible people there. And then um, I'm still, go. I go up there. Um, I haven't been in two years, but i um, the one program i go and uh, i'm one of the spokespersons for talking to the parents and people um that come through it's a 13 uh week program it's very intense yeah. um and it's not cheap it's very expensive yeah. but um having that perspective so i always enjoy going back there and seeing everybody and being able to speak because now they're they you can see the hope that they have like, okay, yes, this is a lot of money, but she's a walking, talking billboard. She's already been through that program. Yeah. And so it was, it was pretty amazing how it was, I had all of these really just good-hearted people that helped me in that path.
1: And Yesenia wants you to share the books again. Share, show that book again, Louise Hay. So Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. Yep.
2: And then Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl
1: yeah which that man's search for meaning man that that book that book will will completely rock your world. It will rock your world.
2: First chapter is like what just happened
1: it's it's unbelievable like yeah. Victor and Victor Frankel, I mean he survived the the entire book is about how he survived the um Auschwitz and watched mm-hmm. his entire family be slaughtered before his eyes and mm-hmm. and um it's it's unbelievable like and then he comes out <clears throat> and starts a whole new
2: yeah.
1: a whole new form of of psychotherapy called logotherapy logotherapy and and, and he's uh, man search for meaning I truly believe that everybody on planet earth needs to read that book It needs to be a required reading before you are even allowed to, to step out of your house. I agree. (laughs) I mean, it's just an an unbelievable book because it does put it into perspective. Like does not matter how bad life kicks your butt. There's, there's always, there's always hope. Yeah. Always hope. And, And that book definitely lays it out. So, so you, uh, so this, this ended up being cancer. Well, no. So I had,
2: so there was a lot of things going on. So I couldn't walk like literally from here to my office door there. And so I had like, cause there was something going on with my heart and, and I had something going wrong with my blood. Um, and it was just kind of crazy. And, um, so they take all of these tests, all these blood work, and they basically, that's like the roadmap. And then based on what they see, they prioritize everything. So um, when I had to go to the oncologist, uh, she came in, I mean, I already knew something was up. So I'm like, you know, I, she's like, yeah, you know, we just got your results back. I'm like, okay, so what is it? Because we, I so I got a lot going on, I got other surgeries. So where does this, where does this fit in? <laughs>
1: Right, right, and she
2: was like, "Oh well, you, you—that attitude's really. Do you realize the seriousness of this?" And I'm like, uh, "Yeah, I do, but I want to be home by January. So let's get this rolling. If you were looking for tears, it's not happening right now. I mean, I don't even know what I was saying at the time. It was just a reaction because yeah. what was I going, going to do? And um, um, prior to that, during the rehab section before I got that diagnosis, there was a um." that, that 13 week program that I told you was yep. hard to get into. There was a lot of people there and there was a, um, a lady, she's my silver headed princess. She came in and how you know, she had her, you know, decked, She's just really a beautiful lady. And she was like, is anyone sitting here? And, and, uh, I was like, no. And so she sat there, she always calls me her child and her name huh. is Sandy. And, you know, she became my, um, Man, my 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 best friend. She's 80 years old now, and uh, she took me under wing. She um, literally was there for me. We became. She's one of my dearest friends to this day. I talk to her almost every day, if not, you know, uh, a couple of times a week. Um, but d- during that stay, she we got approval where I didn't have to stay there, and mm. she literally roll me in a wheelchair. To her house because everything is connected. So she lived in the high rise um, with at Mayo Clinic, and she was with me through every surgery. She went to every doctor's appointment with me, rolled me in, and um, just uh, an She was an angel, literally wow. an angel. And I remember the day that um, she's like, "Honey, everything's going to be okay. I didn't bring you this far to leave you now." And she crawled in the bed with me the day that I was supposed to have my uh, uh, double mastectomy. And she's like, you're going to be fine. You're, you're literally going to be fine. I'm like, I don't even know what's happening right now, you know, but, um, that they, I didn't go up there for that. They found that because they missed that here. Um, when I had the, um, the mammogram. So Mm -hmm. I, um, it's very important. So before that though, I had to have, um, um, I, because they, before I could have that surgery, because the heart beats, it was like 50 some thousand heartbeats that was, my heart was pumping, you know? So, um, I had to have this ablation and, you know, Sandy, she was like, honey, everything's going to be okay. Well, by that time you've had enough, you know, what your whiskey cocktails are and you're waiting for it. Yeah. Like, where are these people. Right. And I don't know where they're at. And so uh, to come and give me my, my juice. And so the anesthesiologist came in. He's like, uh, let me go get the doctor for you. So there was this long wait. Well, then this nurse walks in. I'm like, oh, I said, you're not a regular part of the crew. Who are you? And she's like, oh, you know, everything's going to be okay. And she walked around the bed and, and she put her hand, she came above my head and she put her hands on my shoulder and she's like, honey, everything's going to be just fine. You don't have a thing to worry about. I was like, who is this lady? I don't even, she's not a part of my regular crew. So she, and she leaves, she literally walks out. And so then the anesthesiologist comes back in and the regular crew. And I'm like, oh, I see. I said, you're, you're, the new girl is really nice. I said, she's a really nice lady. They're like, what new lady? We don't have anybody here.
1: Wow. I just got chills. That just gave me chills.
2: I'm like, no, she just walked out. You, you couldn't have missed her. He's like, there's nobody here. I told you I was going to get the doctor. The doctor's here to explain to you what's about to happen. Wow. And I realized that was, you know, an angel.
1: Wow. 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 Chills everywhere. That's amazing. Wow.
2: Yeah. And that's when I found out that that procedure, you're not getting a whiskey cocktail because you have to be coherent. Yeah. You have to be awake. And so they basically, you know, um, it was just, you know, just saying everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay.
1: Jeez. And
2: I was high risk because of the strokes and the, and the TIA. So it was, uh, it was, and that was the first time, Ken, that I was actually scared. Um, like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And, you know, you're sitting there immobilizing and you know that tears are running, but you you're, you can't, it's, it was like being in a sci-fi movie. You could see everything on the monitors. But because that nurse appeared, I had that in my head, too. So it, it's really mind-blowing. When I told Sandy about it, she's like, well, I was just out here praying for you, child. She's like, You're, everything's going to wow. be okay. That was just an angel. So.
1: Wow. That's so I, awesome.
2: My heart's beating now because it's, uh, it's, um,
1: it was, a, so it was an a critical
2: point in my life even at 30,000
0: feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW, void, prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So I, I,
1: I can't believe we're already at an hour. Holy moly. Um, let's talk about, um, and Teodora wants to hug you oh thanks teodora thank you and she says that you guys have similar stories
2: oh you'll have to connect with me yeah i'd love to chat with you
1: she 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 I you haven't seen the comments but um she said she read louise hayes book in romanian when she was diagnosed and going through chemo wow yeah yeah Amazing. Um so <laughs> Robert Robert says <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's amazing. So so you um and you so you got through all of that and um your love for humans and life um is incredible. And and it's it's so apparent, you're just radiating love mm-hmm. from every pore in your body all the time. And and you know, you and I meet once a week and we have incredible conversations, and you're always just radiating joy and and gratitude, and you're you're an amazing. I, I think that a big part of that is because you've had your butt kicked yeah. Man, you have had your butt kicked in life. And when you come out on the other side, there's nothing left, but gratitude.
2: Yeah, that's a hundred percent correct. And I know what it's feel. I know what it feels like to be at the point of not knowing what's going to happen. And, and, and not that other people haven't felt like that. I just don't want people to feel like that. I don't want people to be, curled up in a ball, uh, contemplating, taking their life, attempting to take their life because they don't have support or they don't feel like somebody is there for them. And I've had, I've been there. Um, and it doesn't feel good, you know? So I just want people, I'm not delusional where, but I want them to know that if they don't have anybody that somebody cares for them, you know? And, um, Being in in those places has taught me just to do whatever I can to the best of my ability, that if they can encounter for a moment some sense of peace, that's what I want to be able to provide.
1: And you do. You do. Talk a little bit about, um, if you want or if you can, um, a little bit about you had a huge spiritual epiphany awakening occurrence whatever you are, do you want to talk about that a little bit uh, uh
2: a little bit maybe a little bit because that that that's a lot to put in and I, know, and I know and it may be more than what some people can handle um
1: but you, uh, you don't have to go into details okay <clears throat> um like you have with me but 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 you know talk about you've been on like look patricia you've been on a freaking unbelievable journey yeah like you have been on an unbelievable journey um y- y- you you've experienced racism on many levels and you still are just unshakable you're unstoppable you are And, and, and you had this big, this big epiphany, not too awful long ago. And, and it's, it's literally sending you on a completely new trajectory. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so I, you know, the last year I've been in this really just this deep dive of, excuse me, what is it that I'm really supposed to be doing? What is my true purpose in life? What does that look like? And, you know, sometimes you, it gets it gets to the point where it's it's so over for me, it was so overwhelming. I was like, I don't even know where to begin. And so I was literally uh, it just came to me. I it was uh, one of my mentors. I called him and, you know, I sent him a message and I'm like, are you able to talk? And he said, yes, of course. And so I um, I reached out to him. And he just knew. And I started the mentorship with him. And on that journey, it led to um, me going to Joshua Tree for an amazing experience. And just having, you know, that support of that next level on a spiritual plane also has opened my heart up, has opened up my sense of well-being, of what is next for me. So being under that mentorship and being able to have those experiences and being around, you know, loving, caring, kind people um, was amazing. And so having that facilitation and yeah. you know, one one of my she's she's a beautiful soul, which is which I always love. What you see in others is what you see in yourself. So, and she always says that all the time. I just love that about her, yeah. you know, she always says that. And so um, having all, having that support and that love around you has just, the, the last 98 days have just been a game changer of elevation of um, going in to come to have without, right? To show what you're, what you're are, um, not only what you're capable of, but just on such a deep, 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 deep level right? Just such a deep level. And so that's a a very condensed version of having great mentorship, people who care and love and support you, and being able to then... um, The key is you can have people to love and support you and have the mentorship, but you still have to do the work. That's the big thing that I think that's the missing link, that you can take people's time, they can give their time, they can love you. But at the end of the day, the only person that you're looking at in that mirror that camera whatever is yourself that's the only only person and so having those suggestions and having that that care that concern and that whole next level of elevation you still have to do the work and so that's been my mission um i have never been a person that i start something and don't finish it and i'm certainly not going to take people's time uh, their patience, their care, their love, what they put into something to then dishonor that by, I'm not going to do the work now. And then the next time you meet or keep, can you can you help me? Or I'm feeling this way. Okay, but did you do this? Have you been journaling? Have you been spending time in prayer, Have you, meditation, whatever it is for you, journaling? well, then you can't really expect a whole lot more because this, here it's been handed to you on a beautiful silver platter, yeah. right? And now you've chosen to not honor that by not doing the work. So my thing is, is that I'm grateful for that he took that call. I'm grateful for those experiences. I'm grateful for all that support, the care, the love, everything, um, the the joy because that now has it's like you know that cocoon you know when living out in a r- rural area you see those things all the time you see, they yeah. look kind of nasty and then the next thing you know it's like <laughs> oh my god look at that yeah you know and it's this big beautiful butterfly so it's that mm-hmm. that whole transformation
1: and and you've certainly transformed and um, you're in the middle of of still a, a big transformation that's that's happening right now and that's why i i wanted you to come on the show and 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 share your beautiful energy and your beautiful love for all of mankind like you genuinely love other people like no matter what and I, I it's one of the things i love about you the most you're, you're mm-hmm. just a You're an amazing, amazing woman. And you have been through. And here's the other thing. Like you got visited by an angel. I didn't even know that part of your story. I don't,
2: I don't share it often because, you know, I really use, I used to get caught. So when I, because I, during that time, there's so much going on. I, that was my story. That was like my identity. And so now though, I, I use that story to, at the appropriate times to help somebody, not because that's my identity. And I had to differentiate between the two because even in the insurance business, you know, I, you know, I talked to a client and they're like, oh, you don't know. And then I would go, "Oh, I had da da,", da, da. and then would, we'd be chasing rabbits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that I was like, no, I, that's not my story. So now when I need to use it, that's when I share it. Yeah. Other than that, I don't um, because there, there's a fine line. If you don't have constant mem- mentorship and around positive uh, and can stay focused, it's easy to shift back into that identity and you lose focus of what you're supposed to do and who you really are to become. So it's a great experience. I don't ever want it to happen again, but I'm glad that it happened because it's made me into the person that I am today. It's enhanced that and I. Um, I truly do love people. I, I, I really, know. I really do.
1: I know you do. I know you do. And, and I think everybody watching, if they don't know you do, then they're blind. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I do. Oh,
1: uh, so, so let me ask you this. And I, I ask everybody that's a guest on the show, this question, the number one answer is fear. You've heard me ask this. Um, you, you gotta do better than fear <laughs> um what do you think um, what do you think holds people back in life from financial success and freedom happiness joy however you define it
2: I really believe that I don't believe it's fear. I believe it's the it's the belief of the power that you have within yourself to do and be anything that you want to do.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: um, for me, that and 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 taking for granted the freedom that we do have to be able to make that decision. I mean, we live in a beautiful country where we have the freedom. To do whatever we want and that's from a mindset perspective from an ability to go on the internet to get uh mentorship we can reach out to people um it's 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 a mindset uh it has nothing to do with fear it's it's that belief system of you have the power everything is within you and some people myself included you really don't want to access that because it's going to bring up a lot of things. And it goes back to Ken where you have to do that work and people don't want to do the work. They just want the results of the work, right? They don't want the work. And I think it's the work that keeps people from, from doing that Um, or half doing it half not all in, you have to be all in for yourself. And if you're not, I, I I really believe that's the key factor. It has nothing to do with fear. If you're not willing to do the work, whether you're lazy or you just don't want to do it, or you're, you're not feeling good. And I understand the mental turmoil that you can have, but at yeah. some point you're going to have to find it somewhere within yourself to really just dig deep and say, Hey, I'm going to make a call to somebody. I hope they say yes. And if they don't smile and dial, so what we do on the phone, you don't have any business, smile and dial, pick up phone until somebody says, I can help you. And if that's only for that day, okay, then, and then the next time figure it out again, you know?
1: You know, um, and this is the other question I ask. Um, this, this, this pandemic and the last year and a half has been, um Very difficult on a lot of people. Um, in fact, I know that the suicide rates just skyrocketed all over planet Earth you know the to the people who are struggling right now that that may be listening or watching and maybe they're going through their own, stuff and and they feel like they've tried everything and it's not working out and they don't know which way to turn they don't know which way is up the pain is incredible um and they're they're wondering what's the point of even being here well and you know i had somebody say the other day will anybody even notice if i'm not here mm-hmm. you know and and you know if if somebody's watching right now and they've they've lost all hope, what do you say to that person to help them get through to the next moment? Because you and I both know it's going to pass, mm-hmm. um, but unfortunately, people don't see that, right? And they stay stuck. What do you say to that person?
2: The fact that you're still alive and breathing should be enough and not taken away from the situation or what they're feeling, but the fact that you're still breathing, this fact that you can still uh, pick up the phone if you choose to, um, reach out to someone, you have the availability to do. I think one of the things that we forget about, Ken, is free will. We all have free will. So no matter how you're feeling, you have free will so you have the ability to still no matter what i mean there's even there's hotlines that you can call there's always something that you can do um even if it's just taking a breath and knowing that you can breathe that god is giving you the breath of life right as long as you're taking that next breath there's hope there's there's something that you can do but free will is huge And we can't take that from people, right? Because they have that choice to make that decision. Um, Mm -hmm. If they're not, if they don't have the support, focus on something that they can do. um, Somebody that they that they can call and. Swallow your pride and know that it's okay that you're feeling this way, but you're not going to get any better if you don't take action. And again, it goes back to, you still have to do the work. And even in that, the darkest of places, that work may be a simple phone call to someone. I,
1: you know, I think people, I I believe people are not inherently lazy. I believe people are, you know more afraid of if if I what if I do all this work and it doesn't work out because nothing ever works out <laughs> like they they live in that mindset right and and so um, wow I, I what what you have delivered today is absolute gold I, I know for a fact you helped people today so um, thank you for being thank here you
2: Ken. You're an amazing individual as well. Thank what you we have brought to the world is, has, has been just amazing. So I'm I'm honored and humbled too. So it always goes both ways. Don't forget the reflection in the mirror.
1: That's right. That's <laughs> right. Patricia, thank you for being here. And thank you to everybody who's been on here and shared this out. And, you know, that's one of the, um, the, the really weird things about life is the more that we share other people's stuff, the more blessings come to us. So if you shared this out, prepare yourself to be blessed. So Patricia, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you're amazing. I'm so grateful that you're in my life and in my wife's life and you're, you're just part of our journey. And I'm grateful for you.
2: Grateful. Back at you. Thank you
1: everybody have a wonderful day and make sure you follow Patricia and, um, Oh, where, what website can, can everybody go to? Or is that's in process. process. So follow her on, on, on Facebook and Instagram, Patricia M. Watson. What is your Instagram handle? Patricia M. Watson. I believe
2: it's peace with Patricia. I'm in the process of changing okay. all of that. So uh, okay. just hang tight. I'll put that I'll, I'll put all that stuff on there. So
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I love you. My, my wife loves you. We think the world of you. Mm-hmm. So thank you. And everybody have a fantastic day. Stay with me, Patricia. I'm okay. gonna end this though. So thank you guys.
2: Thank you.